0: Hello, welcome to Forever 35. This is a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves, and I'm Kate Spencer.
2: And I am Dori Shafrier And
0: we're not experts.
2: No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums.
0: And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, we share your comments and
2: your thoughts, and we answer your questions to the best of our ability. And please remember, we are podcast hosts. We're not experts. We always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a medical and or mental health professional as needed. If you want to reach us, please leave us a voicemail or send us a text message at
0: 781-591-0390. You can also email us or send us a voice memo at forever35podcast at gmail.com.
2: Indeed. Um, and you can visit our website forever35podcast.com for links to everything we mentioned on the show. Those are also at shopmyshelf.us slash forever35. You can follow us on Twitter at forever35pod, on Instagram at forever35podcast, and join the Forever 35 Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash forever35podcast, the password is serums. And do sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. Uh, despite it's being on hiatus, it still exists. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just taking a
2: break, like we Just are. taking a little break. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Kate, how's it going? Yes,
0: de da door. You know, I think this episode comes out on July 15th, which is, for whatever reason in my brain, what I think is the exact middle of summer. School, at least for my children, starts in the middle of August, which is hard to wrap my head around sometimes. Um, So yeah, we have to kind of, we find ourselves back, you know, we always try to do something in July and then we find ourselves back here prepping for school in August, beginning of August.
2: Yeah. It's truly odd. Yeah. So I think maybe in the past, I wouldn't have thought of July 15th as the middle of the summer, but now it does feel like the middle of the summer.
0: Well, and let, let us note that we are in cancer season, which is you know, a moody, homey, moon focused time of the year. Because of course, the sign of of this time is cancer. And you are a cancer. And I am a cancer, Aquarius, Aquarius, and I truly embody both those astrological signs. It's a lot. I'm I'm a Taurus, Taurus, Aquarius. You know what is so wild? I think that the Aquarius thing is what I think unites us both in this podcast. Because the mm. aquari-, aquari, aquarians are all about like community, community and communicating and connecting people, and I truly think that is one of the reasons why we are both drawn to this sort of work.
2: That's so interesting. You know, there's no, um, there's no cancer. I don't think there's any cancers in my family.
0: Oh yeah, there is Dory. Me, I'm a part of your family now. I mean, I'm that part of your podcast true. family. That is
2: your husband's true. not a cancer. Why did I think your my husband's a cancer? my husband's a Leo?
0: Oh, that he is such a Leo. And also that I think I equate him as a cancer because he and I are both... Are we both left-handed? Or is it just that we both have ADHD and so I think we're the same?
2: No, no. You're both left-handed.
0: Okay. I think I feel like Matt and I have a few similarities that I'm always like... You do. Or maybe it's just because Matt's your husband and I'm your business partner. So I'm like, me and Matt are the
2: same. You basically are. I need to talk um, to my therapist about that. Yeah. I mean, I was telling someone someone the other day that like when we interviewed Heidi Rose Robbins, she really blew my mind when she said that signs sort of cluster in families.
0: I know. I think about that all the time.
2: Because my family has a huge Taurus cluster. And then we also have a Gemini cluster. And then there is a small Leo cluster.
0: Yeah, my family has clusters as well.
2: Yeah, it's, it's very super interesting. Weird. Yep. Um so, I don't know. Just just thinking thinking about that. But you wanted to think about something else today. Well, I kind of pitched
0: to you this idea of like what are our summer intentions? Like in my brain the summer's already half over, which is not true obviously and I understand summer ends September whatever whatever 21st. But like what are our intentions for the rest of the summer? What are we going to do? If it's gotten off on the wrong foot, which obviously, you know, culturally it has, fuckers up in Washington and around the globe. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Sorry. Just just tiptoeing onto the old soapy bee. Um, how are we going to – what intentions are we setting for ourselves in, in the terms of, of whatever that means in terms of like our self-care you know it's such a such a broad term the old self care umbrella and i'm just trying to think of like how what am i how am i intentionally going to focus my time and energy over the next few weeks of this summer season because for me well one i'm on a book deadline so it's a really important work time for me yes um Two, I feel like I feel really passionately about the fact that you and I have committed to taking time off because I really do feel like you know, we work really hard on this podcast, and it is important to me this that we're setting a boundary for ourselves and really also like really taking time off, not like being on vacation but still working, you know, on the side, which I think we've both done many times. Mm-hmm. and Another thing that I like about summer is it's a time where I get to see my extended family and I also get to spend kind of different time with my children, which is really yes.
2: important. Yes. Yes.
0: So, those are just and also get to kind of be in nature maybe in a different way. If I'm lucky, I get to go to the East Coast, which is different than where I live, you know, all these things and then incorporating of course all the challenges of summer, you know, the fact that mm-hmm. we're in a drought and there are going to be fires burning near us and climate change is evident and the gas prices are up, you know, all the other things that it means. Um, wow. I'm rambling. I guess what I'm saying is what are your intentions for these last few weeks of summer?
2: Um, oh, I have to go first.
0: I can go first. I can spitball okay. some.
2: Why don't you go first? Okay. So for me,
0: I want to be very intentional with my time. Not like I need everything to be scheduled, but I really want to to take a minute to ask myself, like, is this really what I want to be doing with this time that I have? Mm-hmm. You know, is it really necessary mm-hmm. to be um, reading the New York Times website again for the 50th time today right now? Or could I be looking at a book for 20 minutes? Or could I be like doing my gratitude journal? Or could I be, you know, like making a phone call to my senator? I think sometimes I get swept up in passive
2: activities rather than action. What is an example of a passive activity?
0: Um, scrolling Instagram.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Looking at TikToks. Which I love doing, yes. but, you know.
2: Right, right. right, right. Um,
0: so that is one thing. The other thing, so today, Doria, I fell asleep at around a little after 11 last night, and my daughter had to wake me up at 7.30 this morning, which is, normally I'm up like between 6 and 6.30, kind of just on my own, but my body was like zonked. And that's telling me that I'm tired and I really need to rest. Mm-hmm and so keeping that in mind is how am i going to give myself some rest and like real rest yeah yeah the other thing is is making sure and really like when i'm spending time with people that i'm present mm. you know i get to see my mm-hmm. my extended family so rarely and they're very important to me and so I'm trying to remind myself to be as present as I can to not, you know, take for not, not to, you know, it's human to take things for granted in the moment. Like that's just a natural part of being a person, but just to kind of remind my, like take a step back and remind myself like this time is important to me.
2: Yes. I love that.
0: And also I'm going to work on my tan. (laughs) Oh,
2: okay. How how 1985 of you.
0: (laughs) just kidding
2: um you know kate i have been talking i feel like i've been talking a lot about community lately and i want to kind of strength grow and strengthen my community that's an intention for the summer i really admire that it's probably going to be like an ongoing intention not just for the summer but Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I want to like really focus on that. You know, I've been one of my good friends who lives in New York. We've been calling each other on the phone a lot. Like, like a couple times a week or she'll just be like, Hey, can I call you? And I'm like, yeah. Mm. And it's so nice. Like, and we talked the other day and I was thinking, Like there's no, there's nothing like pressing that I need to talk to her about, but we just kind of like chit chatted. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) And that was really nice. And I just want to do that more. I think I like, you know, it's like, I feel like it was kind of this like stance for a long time of like, I hate the phone. And now I'm like, I kind of love the phone. Mm. And I also want more of these just sort of casual conversations. Like I don't want every phone call to have to be this like scheduled, like, and, and, you know, that there's always like a crisis or, or a reason or something like I want to bring back the casual phone call.
0: Oh, that reminds me of just my mom standing in the kitchen on their phone. Totally. With a long cord.
1: Long, that cord, long yes.
0: stretched out cord. Mm-hmm. Just yep. chatting with a friend.
2: Just chatting. Just chit chatting. Yeah.
0: Just chit chatting. I think this is a beautiful intention. You know, you know? And
2: now that I'm talking about this, Go on. I'm realizing that like chit chat is not the same as small talk. Small talk no. is something that you do with like acquaintances or people you've just met at a party, but like chit chat is something that you do with like your really close friends.
0: You and I chit chat before every podcast. We episode. do chit
2: chat. Yes, we do. <laughs> you and I we chit chat a lot. We do, and we so it's like we're basic. We basically have phone calls with each other. We do. We talk every day. But also, you know? I do feel
0: like the 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 kind of the group text is also like the group text amongst close friends. That's also like a chit-chat e- extension of the chit-chat.
2: Well, and, you know, sometimes people do the voice memo thing in the group text.
0: Mm, I love that tool.
2: And that is like a little chit-chat. And like, yeah, and actually another friend... Another friend um, who is in one of my more active group texts, like she's another one who I feel like we've just, and she doesn't live here in Los Angeles, but she's another one who I I feel like we've been like talking on the phone more. I don't know. Maybe it's just like something about this moment or where I'm at in my life. Or again, this like need for connection and community. And I, I do maybe, and maybe because I'm a podcaster, I'm sort of more attuned to the intimacy of audio, but I do think there is something really powerful about phone calls. Yeah, I, I,
0: I'm with you. I think it's, it's, it's also we've gotten so disconnected in how we communicate over the last 20 years. Yes. You know, like, and it's, can feel so discombobulating too. Like, you know, like someone just sent me like a work request over Instagram DM and, like some, and I often struggle with like, I don't even know where my conversations are happening because there's so yes. many freaking places that they can yes. happen. Yes. So it's become so chaotic that there's something really grounding about the phone call.
2: And yeah. You know, someone, <laughs> I was emailing with someone, a woman I know. And I think as soon as she got my email, she picked up the phone and called me. And We, and she's not, she's not a close friend. She's not someone Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I talk to a lot, but we talked for like more than half an hour. Mm. And it was a combination of just kind of like a little gossip, a little Mm -hmm, catch up. mm -hmm. I was like, that was a great, like, that was just like a fun phone call. That was a nice phone call.
0: I also like that there's no confusion about tone or intention in a phone call. Yes.
2: Total
0: whereas god there is over text and email you know Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and it's like I'm just exhausted by it at this point
2: yeah so
0: maybe like this is the season of chit chat I want to bring back chit chat bring back chit chat
2: so that's my intention now Kate we have we have a lot to talk about on this episode after we get back from our break.
0: This was one of the the greatest groundswells of responses that we've ever received.
2: Yeah. And, you know, opinion was really split.
0: We're talking about dealing with a partner who's in
2: debt. Yeah. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to dig into this. All right. Can't wait. All right. Be right back.
0: You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees.
2: I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what? I
0: actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Okay. this is what's so great about Quince, because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince.
2: Ooh,
0: mm-hmm. Okay. if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com/forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q u i n c e dot com/forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com/forever35.
2: Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer.
0: Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com/f35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com/f35. That's masterclass.com/f35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about Skin, my skin, but all skin. Is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s? Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But
0: like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs?
2: It's hard. It's hard to know.
0: Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation, you upload photos. And like within a few weeks, I had done a consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a tretinoin gal. I love the tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever thirty-five when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of fifteen dollars. I like that. I this code is too. only available to Forever Thirty Five listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only five dollars. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode.
2: Okay, Kate.
0: I almost feel like I need a squirt of mist on my face to just kind of warm up for this.
2: (laughs) Hold on here. Uh, Shout out to 107, Dewey Glow. I will admit that I sort of structured this episode. Um, All the stuff that we're going to hear and read in this segment is stuff that is kind of advocating for the like work it out um, side of things, like kind of disagreeing with what, like not totally disagreeing with what I had to say. I think it was mostly me kind of like, uh, talking about this. Not that you didn't, but you know what I mean? I feel like I had the, I had the very strong feelings <laughs> about this. Um And then we're going to hear from some listeners who uh, kind of saw things more from, my perspective. But I, you know, before we get into it, I do just want to say I really appreciated all of these emails. And it did make me think a lot about, you know, the things that I had said and my perspective. So thank you, listeners. So Kate, we're going to kick things off with an email. Hello, Kate and Dory. I wanted to write in on the topic of Monday's episode, about the listener with a partner in debt and financial uncertainty, as I like to call it. Basically, this happened to me and I was the one who had the debt. I've had many struggles in my life, including becoming an adult at 16 and having to move out on my own. I was never taught how to manage money and basically hobbled along. When I met my now husband, he knew I wasn't well off, but he didn't know how much debt I was in or how bad my credit was. Long story short, when I finally talked to him about it more than a year into dating, I came up with a game plan on how to fix my debt issue and my credit. Fast forward five years later, I'm debt-free besides my car and home and an 805 credit score better than his. If he had seen my financial issue as a red flag or deal breaker, we wouldn't have the wonderful life we have now with a baby due in just 11 days. Moral of the story, even if they are our significant other, we aren't always going to know the why behind things like this. Also, we can't fully understand someone's situation until they decide they trust us enough to unload. Now, if the listener's partner just doesn't care about his debt or doesn't plan to fix it, that's time to run. But I say, hear him out and see if he has a game plan.
0: I like this.
2: I do too. I really appreciate this perspective.
0: I had some debt and I had very bad credit when Anthony and I got together. My credit has significantly improved, but it was a real learning process for me. I didn't truly, I, did, I never really understood even like what credit mm. was for a long time.
2: Well, and I think this points to just a kind of bigger picture problem in our society, which is like the lack of financial literacy. And like why is this stuff not taught in schools? It's criminal that it's not taught in schools. Well, and it's also like, we're all so just pre- supposed to figure it out.
0: Yeah. And it's so predatory to the way in yes. which they operate that it's <sighs> Yes. Yeah. So I understand how quickly this could happen.
2: Totally. Totally. Um, Kate, do you want to take this next one?
0: I would love to cat and door. I'm a long time listener and have never written in, but I just listened to mini up three, one, two, and I can't stop thinking about the boyfriend and debt. So many thoughts. First off, I think we have to avoid over moralizing the concept of debt. Like Dory said, debt is a data point, but I think it's unfair to automatically assume this as a moral failing of the boyfriend. The listener did not mention exactly what kind of debt he has. Is he overspending and irresponsible with money resulting in tons of credit card debt? Or did he have to take out student loans and borrow money for basic needs like a bed and a car? I'm guessing that given the journalism work, he may have obtained a graduate degree and then had to take some low paying jobs in the years after school. So it's not unimaginable that he wouldn't have paid off that debt. By 31, I would also encourage the listener to think about their own privileges, if any, that may have allowed them to avoid such debt. Did parents pay for college if attended and have they always had the money needed for basic living expenses? Perhaps the boyfriend hasn't had the same luck. Regardless, if they downright disagree about finances and how to manage money, it does seem like a negative sign for the future of the relationship. But if the listener is happy and this seems like her person, then I don't think the debt should stand in their way, though she should be clear about her expectations for them to get on the same page financially. Though it sounds like he's being pretty vulnerable by opening up about his finances and struggles and is very likely serious about their future together if he's willing to open up and ask for support. What resources can we provide to help him get on his feet? I love frugal living blogs like frugalwoods.com financing sites like personal finance and mint and simple living books by Courtney Carver and Kate Flanders who talk about tackling debt and changing spending habits. Maybe there are also grants available for those working in journalism IDK, but just
2: some thoughts. I love the impulse of this listener to like help. Yeah, well, I think that's a you great, know. it's a
0: great point, because like, oftentimes, it, we're just like, this is a problem. But then we don't, yeah. we don't know what the solution is. You know, we interviewed Tanya Rapley a long time ago, and she had some really great tips for dealing with credit card debt.
2: Yes. And we also interviewed financial therapist Amanda Clayman a while ago. That's Right who had some great tips about navigating this stuff in a relationship.
0: Yeah, because I think it is, it, it can be very fraught with a partner. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, all right.
0: You know what I'm loving about this, these, the responses to, you know, some, we get responses all the time to different things we talk about on the podcast. Often they're short, but these, every email is like paragraphs long.
2: Totally. Yes. Um, People really wanted to share. Yeah. Yeah. People feel really
0: strongly about this. So I'm really grateful that so many people shared with us.
2: You want me to read this Um, next one? Or do you want to take it away? No, no, go for it.
0: Email. I'm listening to the mini app with the boyfriend with debt episode. And I feel compelled to email while listening for the first time. Here's my sort of similar story, and it has a happy quote ending. My now husband and I met online and started dating when I was 31. He was 33. He had quite a bit of credit card debt he was struggling with when I met him due to bad decisions in his 20s. I owned my home as a single lady and was doing okay for myself, so I wasn't too concerned, but really disappointed as I was looking for a partner to help with my life goals. Unfortunately, money is a necessity and absolutely makes life easier and better." Fast forward to discussing marriage and future. He was extremely worried about his debt, wanted to propose, but didn't want to start life together like he was living. He met with a financial counselor, ultimately decided bankruptcy was his best option, co-signed a car loan with his mom to build up credit after the bankruptcy under advice from his advisor, and did all this right before proposing to me with his widowed mother's ring, by the way, not when he purchased, to get into more debt. I was concerned but happy with his initiative and drive to change his finances. Everything but the money thing was perfect, so I stuck with him. It's been six years, and his credit is slowly but surely improving. We're in a fantastic place. He's amazing with money now, better than me, and has savings and a retirement fund. I say this because I think if this guy is committed, it can work out and may not be what the caller initially expected in a life partner. But if everything else is working for her but the money aspect and he's 100% to work on it with actions, I don't think it should be an immediate breakup due to the debt. Yes, it meant we stayed in my small, single-lady home rather than buying a larger home, which everyone else in their 30s around me seemed to be doing, and it meant putting off expensive purchases that we both needed and wanted. But he's the perfect guy for me, and it all worked out. We travel internationally. We have nice things. We're fine. Did we struggle the first few years? Sure, but it was worth it for me. P.S. I ended up eventually buying my own damn ring to my liking when I was able. Let's normalize. Women as (laughs) breadwinners. I love that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, let's. I also think yeah. they raise, they raise, this listener raises a good point, which is something my mom always used to say to me before she passed which was, was, I don't, she's like, I don't want you to spend a lot of money on your wedding. I would rather you save your money and put it towards something like a house. Mm-hmm. And like for some reason that, that has followed me. She was so adamant mm-hmm. about that. And it, you know, I understand why now. Like yeah. just this idea of what we spend money on. You know totally, and what it means for us it was just interesting to to hear that from this listener
2: um yeah i really I really appreciated this perspective as well. um all right on a on sort of a, a an obviously related but slightly different note, we have a voicemail, okay,
1: hi, this is Susan i this has been a stop the pod moment. I'm listening to the podcast where you're advising the woman whose significant other is in serious debt. And I just had to say that before she does anything else, she needs to advise him to see a debt counselor. There's a lot of free ones around. And he should not be pouring every cent into repaying his debt. He has life to lead. And also the fact that he's borrowing from family makes it too easy not to pay back. Oh, it's just my family, I can I can go a month without paying them back. That is an easy rabbit hole to fall into. A debt counselor will not only help him repay the debt to his parents, but will put him on a budget so that he can also start saving at the same time. I think she, she even though it's seven months, it sounds like she has a lot invested in him and I think she should give this a try before breaking up. Bye guys.
0: Susan I love you.
1: I mean <laughs> Some real the urgency real talk from
0: Susan. <laughs> I know the urgency with which Susan called made my yeah. heart freaking swell. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's a really good point. And you know, like I I'm, I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation with the Forever 35 community because everybody has such individual experiences with
2: money? Yes, yes, right,
0: yes. It, that's, I think, one of the hardest parts about navigating all of this.
2: And our yeah, and everyone and- brings their own history and their own baggage and their own experiences to this situation. Which yeah. is my segue into our next text. I will read this.
0: Oh, I can read it. I'm sorry. Oh, no, read no, it? no.
2: It's okay. okay. No, no, no. It's directed to me. Okay. Writing re the BF with debt. I just want to say that as a normal person who lives in a sized city and is facing inflation in this crazy world, having debt is normal. All caps. And Dory's response is the exact reason why people feel such shame around money. The privilege in Dory's response to this is hard to stomach. The privilege of not having debt met with the chance of meeting a person you love who has equal or better finances is not average. Take a look around. I make six figures and have excellent credit and still struggle because America is on fire. Finding someone who's a good partner and can have honest conversations like the BF is attempting to do. Is way more valuable to me than someone with money. Read the room. Also, seven months is a totally normal time to bring this up. I'm 36 and date. I mean, I think
0: this listener makes a good point, which is normalize having debt.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I think I think as a country, and uh, again, just speaking as an American, uh, lots of us there's a lot of debt here. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's still swept under the rug. I mm-hmm. I will say I didn't find your response privileged. I actually found it very grounded in uh, reality.
2: Mm. Thank you, Kate.
0: But you know, obviously, I'm not this person. But I I didn't I didn't find that you were coming from a privileged place. I I and maybe it's because I, I I know you personally. But it felt felt to me like you were coming from a very realistic place based on your own life
2: experiences. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to like respond to every criticism by being like, that's unfair. But I do think that this, this is like a bit unfair. Um, because my point was more that like having money just does make things easier. Like that's just, that's, that's just the world. I never said don't date anyone who has debt. Um, and i think it's like a privilege to say that you have the means to be able to date someone who has no money right like that's also a privilege so
0: point counterpoint
2: just saying but i mean this um, this
0: this listener i think also just it hits home. They say, I make six figures and have excellent credit and still struggle because America is on fire. I mean, yeah. This is the re- this is the fucking reality of many people's lives.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, t- hello. I know. <laughs> like, right? I'm, I know. I'm living this. Like, I yeah. know. I yeah. know this. So, yeah. yeah. I get it. All right. Let's take a little break and hear from some listeners with different perspectives.
0: You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like, I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. Visible I know. a bull on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you.
1: Why don't more
2: infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Kate, do you want to take this one?
1: Let me clear my throat. (laughs) I had to
0: pause the pod and write off a quick email in response to the caller whose BF of seven months is in heavy debt. Dory, thank you. All caps for your response. You are a hundred percent correct that not only will the relationship probably not work out, but also that the caller is under no obligation to be okay with taking on his debt. I am 36 years old and the best lesson I have learned in life is the importance of being financially independent. Again, all caps. Women are too often told that romantic love is the highest priority or loftiest goal. I say bullshit. Financially being able to take care of yourself and live the life you want independent of a romantic partner or family support is the ultimate self-care. Be your own advocate for your future. I'm sure the guy is great, but she'll be happier in the long run and less resentful. She said she's paying for everything? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. If she finds a romantic partner whose financial goals and lifestyles reflect hers. Off the soapbox, thanks for being you. Wow. Point counterpoint again. I know from another (laughs) 36-year-old. You know, 36-year-olds are really making it happen. I just want to really? shout out all you 36-year-olds <laughs> out there. I like you. You're uh, fiery. You're uh, independent, you're you've smart. Got
2: some, you've got some life experience under your belts.
0: Yeah. Our 36-year-old listeners, thank you specifically to you for weighing in. Yes. We appreciate you. Wow. I mean, it, this is a this is a totally other interesting point, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it also kind of leads to the discussion of like like the value that we put on romantic partnership, but like that's a whole other
1: episode,
0: Mm -hmm. whole other episode, but like, yeah, you know, you're taking, you are, you may be taking on this person's debt if you take on the relationship. And for many of us, that might be fine. And as you pointed out, that is a privilege, but uh, for many of us, people don't want to, they don't want to.
2: Yeah. Which, you know, this next email is someone who did take on the debt. And we're going to hear what that has been like for her. Okay. All right. I was in the exact situation as the person who wrote in about their boyfriend's money issues. This was 12 years ago and I married him. We are still together. He is a great person and I love him, but he is still in debt and money is a huge stressor for me. He lives beyond our means and his money issues when we met should have been a red flag. However, we were both 27 and being responsible with money wasn't a must have in a boyfriend for me at the time sounds like the letter writer's boyfriend's debt might not be the result of overspending, but he still doesn't have a relationship with money that will allow them to have the relationship and life they want. When we were dating a couple years, I got really upset that my partner would rather spend frivolously than save for a future together. I'm sort of ashamed to say I was upset he couldn't afford an engagement ring and constantly talked about wanting to marry me. Now we're almost 40. We make a lot more money than 12 years ago, but have a lot more debt because of the spending. And I find it hard to maintain a healthy relationship with money myself when my partner still has major issues. It doesn't help that while he has a decent income, I make significantly more than him, and I feel like that enables him while I'm trying to be frugal. Even my family doesn't trust him with money, and one parent has gone as far as to put in her will that he can't have access to anything I or the child we have together inherit from her. I don't plan on divorcing him, but I'm also aware that if we ever decided to break up, his money issues will still affect me, like having, like still having to shoulder the cost for our kids, thereby subsidizing his spendy lifestyle. All of this to say, a few things to the letter writer, his debt and relationship with money are signs of things to come. It is okay to break up with someone if their values around money aren't compatible with yours. If you do stay together, don't combine finances until he's out of debt and proves he can be responsible with money for an extended period of time, like years, and if you get married, get a prenup.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. That's intense this to is- have your parent put in their will uh, Yeah, that he can't access the money. I mean, or like, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's really intense. I can see how that would, all of this would cause a lot of strife in a relationship.
2: Yep, A lot of stress, a lot of friction. And uh, like, uh, it, I think it also leads to a dynamic where the, the letter writer in this situation they don't say this, but I think it's kind of implied. It sort of feels like they have to kind of like nanny their partner. Yeah. And like, Uh, that's not great.
0: I mean, I have definitely been the husband in this situation. And, and how did
2: that make you feel?
0: All of it feels shitty. We've had to have my partner and I, my husband and I've had just have some really like, honest conversations about our spent my like my spending his spending our spending what our money what our financial goals are as a unit Mm -hmm. what like all of it and it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and money has always made me feel incredibly anxious you know Mm -hmm. like when i used to get bills i wouldn't open them Mm -hmm. speaking about how i came into credit card debt Mm -hmm. like i didn't i would they would make me so anxious that i would like not even be able to look at them. I don't know if anybody else has had that experience, but it's not great. Um yeah, I mean that's why like communication about this stuff is so key, but it's also so hard because you have to be so vulnerable. Yeah. Now I will say we we use mint and that has been a really good thing for our relationship.
1: Mm, Okay. Love a mint. All
0: right. Well, here's another text. We got Dory. Just listen to the mini up. Okay. Let me say, Oh, just listen to the mini up regarding a partner with significant debt. I'm here to say that's a very difficult situation. I am recently divorced and my ex's debt played a major role. I am financially very stable and extremely lucky to be so. And he is not only in dire financial straits, but hid his financial problems from me for years Not only did his situation affect me and some of the choices we made as a couple, but I also got caught up in his mess when my tax refunds started being applied to his old tax liability. I'm talking many thousands of dollars here. This is no joke. And as hard as it may be, I would think long and hard about how much she can put up with and if she is willing and able to support a partner or family on her own for many years or forever. In my experience, it doesn't get any better. Good luck to her. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm really appreciating the honest, uh, honest like communication here with from our listeners. Yeah.
2: Well, and you know, like I said before, we kind of started talking about all of these, um, all, all these listener emails and texts and voicemails. The responses to this really ran the gamut. Yeah, and, which is, again, everyone has their own
0: yeah. freaking experiences with money, money, mm-hmm. money.
2: Yep. But I do think it's important to hear all of these perspectives.
0: Totally. Because only the, only the original listener can know what is right for them.
2: Yes. Now, this next email was one that really hit close to home for me. Okay. My dear stranger and friend, just want to lovingly call your attention to another piece of data. I always knew I wanted to get pregnant one day, too. I assumed it would be easy. I assumed it would be straightforward. And most of all, I assumed it would be free. It was none Mm. of those things. You never think infertility will affect you until you arrive at the point where you desperately want a baby. But doing it the free way through sex isn't working. It's a humbling and frightening reality a lot of people face, although no one really talks about it. So we walk around thinking it's uncommon. IVF is literally tens of thousands of dollars per round and no one ever expects they'll need it. But my God, it's a relief to have the money when you do. I'd hate for you to assume pregnancy will happen easily. Of course, I hope it does. I just don't want you to be as shocked as I was if it doesn't. And on top of that shock, then find you have no savings to help you create the family you always wanted. My son took years to arrive and a shit ton of money. He was worth every penny, but thank God I had those pennies ready to go. Anyway, just one more example of why having a financial cushion can literally change your life. Love your way. I know you'll find your trailhead, whichever direction it leads.
0: I mean, yeah, Dory. Do you want to speak speak to this? Because I mean, this you've listener been through this experience.
2: Yeah, I mean, this. I think this listener put it really, really well. Um, and. You know, it, we, we went into debt to pay for IVF and it took us a while to pay it off. Um, and it's also hard before you've done it. I think it's hard to fathom just how much it costs and also that it's not like guaranteed to work. Yeah. Like I think Jesus. a lot of people think like, oh, I'll just do IVF and like mm-hmm. I'll get a baby like the first round. And like, it, yes, that happens for some people but I would say anecdotally and, you know, anecdotally because I do a podcast about infertility, I've heard right. from many, right. many, many people about this. It works on the first go for very few. So, you know, that's just also something to keep in mind. Um, so, yeah, I, I really appreciated this listener's email. Yeah. <sighs> We're going to end with a text that I thought just kind of like really got to the heart of all of this. Mm. Do you want to take this, Kate? Mm. Sure.
0: I'm texting in response to the listener who emailed about her boyfriend being in debt. My initial reaction is that she should break up with him, not because of the debt, but because the debt would not matter if she were truly in love and ready to build a life with this person. Like Kate said, you have to love the whole person. If he was really, quote, the one for her, this wouldn't be a question. They would work together to figure it out. Many harder issues will come along if they choose to marry. A committed couple will find a way to work through each one as they come, not think about bailing as, the, as a first reaction. I don't see a breakup in this situation as a bad thing. I see it as her having a clear understanding of her desires for the future and putting herself first. I would much rather see her go through a short term heartbreak than long term life struggles down the road. Hugs as she makes this tough
1: decision. Ooh. Well hugs Hugs I you know
2: I don't I personally don't necessarily agree with everything this listener is saying, but I do think the the kind of the, te- the what i took away from this text is like it's not the debt itself per se it's like it it's that finding out about it has exposed these differences in the way the two of you view your future and your life together
0: mm. and
2: that is a little bit more insurmountable than just the fact of having debt
0: really good point so yeah, it's not the it's not necessarily the the actual debt that is the issue, as Dory mm-hmm. is so eloquently saying. Oh my goodness, so much food for thought here. So much. I just need like I honestly think I need like a an hour to just kind of soak this in. You know. I know,
2: right? It's just yeah. like, yeah, so many good perspectives, so many people speaking from their own experience and from all sides of the issue. So, you know, I, I want to thank everyone who wrote in. I like, we got so many I know, listeners wild. contacting us about this. And I wish we could have heard from everybody. Um, but I'm glad that we got to the people that we did. And thank you to everyone who contacted us.
1: And thank yeah, you to thank the original so listener
2: much. for like entrusting us with this question. Seriously. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Well.
2: Ugh. All right. All right, Kate. Till we meet again. TTYL.